introduction to sonship, Galatians chapter 4, from verse 4 to 7. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that as we listen to your word, we will hear you speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word and give us understanding for we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning, everyone, once again, and I hope we all had a good Christmas. And also, I'm very much aware that this Christmas is a difficult one for some people. But I do hope that you have experienced the warmth of God's love and closeness of Christ in these past days. After the brief relaxation of rules during Christmas by our government, here comes the latest restriction, which takes effect from 12 a.m. on Boxing Day in Northern Ireland. The restriction rule says that there will be no household mixing except in an emergency from the 27th of December, which means we will finish the rest of the year, the remaining days of the year, not being able to mix together indoor as family. I'm not here this morning to discuss these restrictions and rules, but actually I'm here to point you to something that probably you don't know. I wonder if you know that there is a contrary rule to this current restriction in the Bible. I'm talking of a new rule which starts for individual at the time of your choice. You choose when this rule starts in your life. A rule which gives you freedom. A rule which says you can become part of a big family and it allows you to have fellowship and relationship with the father, sons and daughters in that family. This morning reading shows us the privilege that turns a slave to a son by adoption through Christ Jesus. Let us see what Paul explains in our Bible reading as we follow through my first point, which is redemption by Christ. Please open your Bible with me to Galatians chapter 4, starting from verse 4. The Bible says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Another version says that we might receive adoption to sonship. After a long time of waiting by God's people for someone to save them from the oppression of the Roman rule, God sent his son to redeem them. As it was for them, it's still the same for us. God sent his son to redeem us. But not from the oppression of the Roman rule. Not from the oppression and restrictions of the Jewish law, but from the slavery of sin. 
God sent his son to set us free from our selfishness and self-centeredness. Paul explains that the true meaning of Christmas is in verse 4. He said, after a long time of waiting for the Messiah by these Jewish people, God sent his son. Why did he send his son? What is the purpose? To save us. Saving here is by redemption. And the word redemption is a very important word. To redeem is to pay a kind of ransom in order to claim possession. Uh, as you probably know, or some of you would know, I'm from Nigeria, and in some part of the country where I came from, there were lots of kidnapping and demand for ransom before prisoners were released. Earlier this year, the wife of the Bishop of Bari and the diocesan secretary were kidnapped by gunmen in Kano State, Nigeria. They have since been released, and after their freedom, I'm sure they can tell what it means to be free. Our present life is similar to the life of being a prisoner. Our sinful life is filled with oppression, selfishness, and pain. And Paul said in verse 4, but when the time had fully come, so I believe this is the time that the Lord is talking about. God sent his son to redeem us. God's son that was born as we celebrate on the 25th as on Christmas actually paid the ultimate price for sin on the cross. He paid the full sacrifice for our sin because he is the perfect one who can do this for us. Jesus came to redeem us that we might be free, that we might become sons and hear of God. But how did God accomplish this for us? He sent his son in the same pattern that we were born. And the only difference is that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which shows his divinity. Yet, Paul draws attention to the identification of the son with those he came to save. In verse 4, God sent his son born of woman. This is an identification with us. Not only that, but he was also born under the law. He was born to Jewish parents. And the purpose of his coming is to redeem those under the law. As better explained by John in his gospel and his first letter, first John chapter four from verse nine and I mean to ten. John said, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The Lord's Lord son has come to redeem us 
to set us free. John highlighted the motivation and the impact of the sending of the Son for the Father. And Paul said, if out of love of God, God has sent his Son to save us from our sin, being a perfect sacrifice to redeem us, what is required of us is to belong, to belong to Christ in order to be part of God's family. How can we belong to Christ? How can we be part of this family we're talking about? It's only through Jesus. This Sunday after the celebration of Christmas, we are reminded that Jesus was born to save us from sin and by his redemption uh, through the cross, we have been given the full right of sons. As the redeemed son and daughters, we have been given the full right of a son and a heir of God. But the irony of this is that without Christ redeeming us, we cannot be part of God's family. And not being part of God's family means we cannot enjoy the full right of God's children. Here is a question for you this morning. Have you been saved? Do you trust in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in him? As we try to explain throughout our Christmas service, the most important thing at Christmas is Christ. And the purpose of his birth is to save us from our sin. And for those who believe in him, they are made sons and hears of God. They become full members of God's family, enjoying the full blessing of God. But the other way around is this. For those who are not part of God's family, there is pain. Just as the agony of being a slave. For the wife of the bishop and the secretary, they can tell the difference of what it means to be under the captivity and to be free. Friends, I can tell you this morning that you can only appreciate what it means to be a son if you have experienced what it means to be a slave. Twelve Years a Slave is a period drama film and an adaptation of the 1853 slave memoir, Twelve Year a Slave Experience of Solomon Nottop. The drama narrates the story of how a free African-American man was kidnapped and put to work on plantations in the state of Louisiana for 12 years before being released. Slavery experience is not a good one. It's not a happy experience. The same for those who are still in sin, those who still belong to devil, those people who have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not living under the freedom that Christ has brought to us. And as Paul explained, living under the law is like being a slave while belonging to Christ by faith through our redemption by his death on the cross 
set us free. It set us free from the law of sin and shame. It gives us the full rights of sons. All we need to do is to trust in Jesus and believe in him. After our adoption as God's son, what are the privileges of being God's children? There are privilege attached to being part of God's family. Now turn with me in your Bible to Galatians chapter 4. Let's see what the privilege looks like in verse 7. As we consider my second and final point, the rights of sonship. The first and the greatest benefit of this adoption in Christ is that we become an heir in God's kingdom. And also, we get to call, we get to call God our Father. Say with me in verse 7. Paul said, So you are no longer slave but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Being an heir gives you the same right to the Father's blessing. Also, those who are sons share the spirit of the Son. They are part of the divine family. Remember, I said earlier that Jesus was born of a woman. He shared human nature with us, but he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which revealed his divinity. So also, we were born of woman. But when we belong to Christ, whenever we receive him, whenever we are redeemed by Jesus, we will become sons and daughters of God. And by the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we will be part of the divine family. Like the son, at that stage, we can then call God Father. Paul wrote in verse 6, Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Habba, Father. Like the son, we become an heir, and we can look forward to sharing in an inheritance with God in heaven. This is something I'm looking forward to. And I believe every one of us would like to look forward to the same. As I finish, here is God's plan for you as we round up the year 2020. Listen to what God says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. The Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. As we finish the rest of the year, you can only enjoy this benefit of having hope and a future when you are no longer a slave. This blessing comes with being adopted as God's son and daughter. The sending of the Son, as we read in Galatians chapter 4, transforms slaves and people of no word into sons, daughters, 
and hearers of God. It turns us to be people with relationship and a future. This is what you can become. If you receive him this morning, if you receive him and you become a member of his family today, he will give you rest. He will give you peace. Remember, he has come to give us hope and a future as sons and daughters of God. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for sending your son to redeem us and to set us free and his coming, his redemption has opened doors for us to be adopted as your son and daughter. We thank you for the blessing of sonship which gives us a relationship with you and which also makes us to be here in your kingdom. Help us, O oh Lord, to trust in you so that we may enjoy the full right of sonship in your kingdom. For we ask in Christ's name.